on yeah, the video. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to episode 34. Is that right, Eric? Did I get it right this time? I'm for pretty the, sure we're right. <laughs> for the Dragon Drive show presented by Summit Racing. Y'all, this this show tonight is going to be a good one. We're going to cover upcoming events like Death Week, you know, the longest Dragon Drive in history. Uh, a new, brand new event that I just found yesterday, late last night, in New Zealand, which is south east of australia which is kind of cool and then southeast street and yeats we've got coder and pri we're going to talk about all that and we're going to find out what ryan hargett and tammy hargett had to do to be the first ever dragon drive world champions because he has signed up for southeast street and yeat and then to end the show redwood rally hosts jesse and heather are going to come on and talk about the event so dude let's kick them off with this intro video and then let's get into it man sounds good Guys, I'm here with Dave Terese, Mr. Energy. Oh, yeah, I'm psyched to be here. Thanks for having me. And I'm. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this right here. Man, I'll tell you, my beard was all over the place in that world champion video there. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for putting that together. All right, guys, if you don't know, my name is Mike Narks. I am the host of Dragon Drive Show and the Dragon Drive News. I'm also a Dragon Drive statistician and promoter, even hosting my own event at the circuit, which is in April of 2024 at Mocan Dragway. Eric, introduce yourself. Tell them who you are and what's going on with your stuff, man. I am Eric White. I am the co-host of the Dragon Drive Show and Dragon Drive News. Uh, when I'm not helping out with Dragon Drive Addiction, I am running my own channel, which is 815 LSX Swaps, which just hit 1 million total channel views. So super on exciting. YouTube, on, on one of your uh, social media outlets. Right. Yep. Just on YouTube, on Instagram yep. and TikTok and facebook they each have a video alone that has like 1.4 million which is crazy to me yep and then do you want to tell them what else happened today uh with the rising creator for the fourth week which is pretty wild that's so awesome i'm so excited and proud for you man that is that is awesome you've really put in a lot of work and it's beginning to pay off man so congratulations thank you Awesome. Well, guys, I want to start the show by saying thank you to all of our race car friends. You know, we can't do this without you. Your likes, shares, and comments help really kind of, I don't know, when it's 2 a.m. and I'm working on something, it really helps me get going because there's always somebody making some comment on there about something we've been posting. So I want to say thank you for that. I want to say also we're going to have the chat open tonight. Obviously, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that is going to concern everybody that is a drag and drive racer. So if you got questions or comments, throw them over there in the chat. And if you're watching this later or listening to this on the podcast, find us, make comments, uh, let us know what you think about all the stuff. And also, 
obviously our list of sponsors here on the screen that can't do it without them. Summit Racing, Molly Motorsports, Howard's Cams, which just talked to Luke through some messenger today. Uh, he's got his little turbo small block Ford, Ford Ranger running for some drag and drive events next year. Sweet Patina, obviously, and uh, Racing Junk Classifieds, the official drag and drive addiction buy, sell, trade. Uh, place, place, I guess. So if you guys will hit that share button, we'll get this thing started. We certainly appreciate you guys hitting that share button. Let everybody know what you're watching and uh, we're going to get down to it. So upcoming Dragon Drive events. Uh, obviously, we've got several that are coming up, but the first one, it's not really a Dragon Drive event. This is the grand opening of the 330 foot street legal dragway in paris california i thought this was cool i wanted to remind everybody we talked about this a few weeks ago about this thing opening up and there was there's some mixed reviews on 330 foot racing and all that kind of stuff but listen this is good for the sport the way they're spinning it is this gets people off of the streets from street racing and all that kind of stuff but what i see is this is going to allow uh, like some politicians maybe to come down and make some passes. It's going to allow more people to come in and make passes under no stress. I mean, you're not, they're not going to be holding full WDRA races out here for 330 feet, but I'm telling you, this is a good thing for the sport and uh, they grand open on the 20th at 4 30 PM. So if you're in Southern California, anywhere close to the Paris Lake Paris fairgrounds, make sure you get over there and take a look at that. Cause and send us some video. I want to see what it's like for some drag racers that are uh, going to be racing 330 feet. Now, we've heard some stuff about like this is for street cars. So like you have to be licensed and insured and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how this plays out. And then yeah. I, I, what do you what do you think about this? 330 feet. I mean, we've, they've done a lot of parking lot racing. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a cool deal, especially in an area like that where you know, there is a lot of street racing and if you can get people here, I mean, you've been to the no prep race, you've seen what that's mm -hmm. like and the people betting on the line. Imagine what this, you know, you're going to have all your little gamblers <laughs> out there uh, yeah. slinging dollar bills and $5 bills betting on races. But I, yeah. I think, I think it'll be a cool deal. And I think there'll be more of these type of things that pop up around. Looks like Fred Ashmore says he'll, he's going to be there. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I think it's going to be a really cool setup. Um, I see Matt Lang said uh, should be more of this, but 660 feet. I agree with that. I, I think this is like a gateway drug for Southern California again to get back into some car stuff. I mean, like this allows the opportunity for people to see how much fun and how uh, much camaraderie you can build within the drag racing community, which is you know what we preach all the time. And so, so it'll be kind of cool. I'm I'm excited to see how their first weekend goes. Obviously, I'll be kind of watching that on Instagram. They're a really good follow. They've got a bunch of uh, they've got a bunch of posts up already, and they had the kind of like a soft opening with some cars making passes, but no videos of that stuff yet. So again, street's going to be the equalizer on this. You know, we had that happen with Matt Lang and uh, and kind of the back of the track stuff it was really cool to to see how folks should get out and spin, you know, and then that costs you, you know, the faster car doesn't always win the race. So, all right. And then moving on to a actual drag and drive event, guys, death week starts on the 20th as well. This is going to be a Chandler, Arizona, which is just South of Phoenix. So Rich Guido's headed down right now, him, he's picked up Chris Hine. They've picked up Dan Nissen. So they're all coming down. You know, those guys came down to race week and just, throttled the u.s stick shift competitors so this obviously is an event that um 
they don't have classes. They don't have like a stick shift class, but it's going to be interesting to see what the, like what the top three in this event are going to, to compete with, you know? So it's going to be pretty wild. So we got Chris Heim, we got Rich Guido. They're coming down. We talked about all that. David Williams has driven from Florida in the turbo LS suburban that he drove from Florida to Alaska speed week, which will be cool. Carl Bright is on his way in his El Camino with the big block in it. Um, He's put new artwork on the side of the car. It looks really cool. And then our photographer friends, Chris Story and Jesse Fox will both be on site. So if you haven't done it yet, hit those guys up, get you a photo package because it makes it so much easier to take photos while you're racing because you run out of time. Plus their photos are going to be way better than anything you take on the phone. I know Eric will probably disagree with me there because <laughs> some photo skills from uh, the last two events I've been at, he's edited, but I'll tell you, having Chris Story and Jesse Fox there taking pictures and Sick the Mag too, but having those guys take all those pictures and provide a good edit on it will make all the difference in the world when we're looking back at that stuff in 10 or 15 years. So uh, it, it does make it easier to purchase them. And those kit, those packages are pretty inexpensive, to be honest, considering you don't have to, to do anything. Um, I do have some sad news. I haven't confirmed yet uh, with a, a registration car count but as of last week they had posted that there were only 90 cars registered for death week which unfortunately puts them out of the world champion uh points collection or eligibility so uh, i will tell you this I, I hate that it is last minute with with decisions like that and so we're going to change that next year we will be making like we'll have a list of events that are eligible, no matter how many cars show up. Those events are going to be eligible because we've ran into this in the past where we thought an event was going to be on the bubble. So uh, sad to see that happen. And uh, and but I wish everybody that's racing out there the best of luck, because I'm telling you, that event is not about world champion points. That event is about the experience and i cannot wait to hear what everybody has going on and just see the pictures throughout the weekend and all of next week because again two thousand miles 10 days that's 200 miles a day you and you gotta make it like there's gonna be one point i think where they're like 600 miles from the home track <laughs> so it's not gonna be like a normal one where you just jump in with somebody else and and they blast you back to the to the host track or not so uh, it's gonna be really cool i'm really excited to see the amount of cars that are the kind of cars that show up and complete this event so congratulations to everybody that's gonna make that and congratulations to everybody that's already there i know david williams is close so all right yeah, it's, it's gonna be really cool and and like i've said before driving through the vegas strip is gonna be awesome i hope oh. there's tons of cool photos there mm. i don't know if it's going to be at night but i really hope they drive through there at night because oh. that'll make the pictures so much better with everything lit up so yeah. I, i'm telling you just the the route they're taking is really cool through southern california i really like what tom and the team have done with this event it's really taken that next level of like very serious competition in a dragon drive event to this is probably going to be more relaxed this is going to be a fun event i think for a lot of folks so i'm excited to see what he does with this one and then also what he does with the route 66 deal next year so that'll be cool all right yeah the problem was is just going to be the 10 days you know for a lot of people 10 days yep. of getting off is going to be it's going to be tough but if you can get well, it off it's it's worth it but Yep. And, and especially late in the season, I think with folks knowing this event, this style of event is going to happen now. They're going to they're going to plan around that. They may not do an event early in the season 
saving for this kind of time off or something like that. Yeah. Um, that is one thing I have noticed with a lot of folks now is uh, with what happened in 2020 and early 2021, people realized like, hey, let's get out and do stuff. There's been so many years that people have spent not taking vacations and things like that, that their time has accumulated. Now they've got all these weeks of vacation and they're taking them. I mean, it's what happened to me hundred percent. I had, I had seven weeks of vacation. I took six for dragon drive. And then the next year I was able to leave my job. I mean, like that's, I think we're going to see some of that as this sport begins to grow and, uh, and move forward. Yeah. Last year so. before going up to all the events that I went to this year, I had enough vacation that I worked three days the month of December. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool, but why am I taking all my vacation in December? Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I thought of last year. And that's why this year it was, you know, go to these events because oh, yeah. there's no reason to have a month off in December. You know, I sat at home for a month. It was <laughs> nice. Right. But... I was going to say, you didn't sit at home. You worked on Dragon Drive stuff, I know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you were a host and uh, and all that stuff. Then the one thing that's cool is that we're we're already looking at 2024 events that Eric is going to be able to go to. So I'm excited about setting that schedule together. All right, let's, yeah. let's keep going. Cause we're going to end up with, uh, with, we're going to run over our time. All right. It's not a drag and drive event, but I will be at the extreme Texas nationals this weekend. I'll leave in the morning at about 7. AM driving to Ferris, Texas for the summit racing Midwest drag race series. Uh, final the point series final is going to be this weekend and there are some seriously close races for the championship and podiums for these classes you can see the list of classes there but like funny car top sportsman pro mod all that kind of stuff is going to be down there one of my favorite classes junior dragster it's tight for the uh for the two classes that are there there are some some opportunities for some upsets really to to come from this weekend and i just want to say the pro mod class is separated by five points so all number two has to do, Stephen Whiteley, all he has to do is go one more round than Keith Haney. So, you know, and I know Keith Haney wants to win because he's the founder and uh, dude behind the scenes of all that. So I know he wants to win his own event because everybody's competitive that are drag racers. So he wants to win that. But, you know, can can Stephen Whiteley slide in there? So yeah, all right. should be I'll, a good, I'll should be be a good time there. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. And then next event up is the brand new one that I just found out about, I think, literally last night at like 2 a.m. Um, the New Zealand Dragon Drive. This is, again, a, a brand new event. They started posting middle of September. Looks like it's a weekend deal, obviously. And it looks like they're going to have the same kind of format that you see with a, an upcoming regional event. So they're going to do November 4th and 5th. And they're basically you pay them a entry fee. I think it's like 10 bucks or something like that. And then you pay for your way into the track. You find the the folks that are running it. You turn in your time slips. They're doing two time slips a day, two on the fourth and two on the fifth. So it's hosted at Hampton Downs Motorsports Park in New Zealand. So that was all the information I could find. We'll have more, obviously, as we come closer to that event. Uh, but I thought that was cool to see one pop up and probably going to be a small event to start because they're, they're uh, doing, so, you know, so late getting to it. But, hey, New Zealand doesn't have very many racetracks. So hopefully they get all those cars coming in there. So and, one thing one thing that this made me think of is in 2024, is Dragon Drive Addiction going to be worldwide? Are we going to have Mike oh, at man. any events outside the U.S.? Uh, man, I've really, I've talked, I've talked a lot of trash about going to Miles of PM <laughs> for a long time. 
uh, I think it may be time for me to do that. We'll, we'll see. I, I would I would love to do that for sure. I got to get on getting my passport um, updated. So yeah. it would be cool to check out some of these other events oh, for sure. Man, I'm telling you that and Street Week Sweden would be really cool. And then obviously the Drag Challenge in Australia. I think that's that's what my heart is pulling me to. But man, I don't know at uh, if I can make if I can make that one work for uh, for 2024. Maybe we're looking at 2025 and 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 beyond. <laughs> Maybe. Yep. Yep. But who knows, man? We've we've grown a lot in the last 18 months, uh, 19 months now, and uh, so we'll see what happens. All right. Next up. Uh, We'll talk about Brandon's question here in a minute uh, on the PRI deal. Uh, next up is Southeast Street Need, and obviously I'm putting my notes together for that. It is in 22 days, and what you're seeing on the screen right now for everybody that's watching this is what is your strategy? That's the question I'm going to pose. I'm going to. I've already got this post scheduled for later tonight too. So you're going to actually race at two separate tracks on the same day which I think is a first. I think they've done it in the past, but I wasn't paying attention enough to it then. But this is really, really cool. I like this thought. I want to know what the racer idea is. What's your plan? Are you going to, well, are, are you going to get one and done at the first one and then run up to the second one to get your, you know, make multiple passes to get your number? Or are you going to literally have, you know, there's only six hours of the track being hot for the first and then the second one. So it's like 60 miles between each track. So it's not going to be hard, but like this, this is a real strategy here, I think for this, and it's going to be fun to watch it play out. Cause obviously I'm going to be there. So Thursday they'll do tech and day one of racing at Shadyside Dragway, Shelby, North Carolina, Friday morning, we're going to drive over to South Carolina motorplex with the track hot from nine to three. You guys can see there. Then it's like, I don't know what route they'll have planned, but by Google Maps, it's only like 60 miles or something like that between tracks. And then Friday afternoon, we'll we'll be back at House of Hook, which will be my second time there this year. Carolina Dragway from three to nine. So, you know, are you going to get up early? I, I don't know. This this whole day, the whole Friday really intrigues me a lot. And then Saturday, it's uh it's down to Darlington, back to Darlington. That's uh, where we started and ended for Drag Week. So we'll be back there. So that'll be cool. And then Sunday is back to to shady side for racing and awards and did you see their post today the awards are in the, the huge chains you know i uh, saw anthony harville a couple times this year he's walking around with that big chain so it's it's probably my favorite trophy award from yeah. any one of the dragon drive events that's definitely definitely cool yep yep i'm excited about that this is the last event of 2023 together dragon drive world champion points so I confirmed with them that they do have the the needed registration count. Y'all, this is going to be pretty awesome. This is uh we're going to talk about the points in a minute with to see what Ryan Hargett needs to do to win the championship. Now, I've talked to another few racers that are in, you know, again, like we talked last week in that 70s points range and what they need to do for this. But we didn't have confirmation that these guys had signed up. But we do have confirmation now from uh, Ryan Hargett himself making a post on Facebook that he's going. So that'll be pretty exciting. I'm wondering if that's going to run some guys off. Or if it's going to maybe keep them thinking, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do this. So if anybody knows any background knowledge about racers in the 70-ish points uh, bracket there that have accumulated those points at two events, let me know. I, I would like to, to look at their numbers. And if you have any questions about where you personally stand, you can DM me and I'll, I'll let you know. Find me at Michael Narks on, on Facebook or uh, Drag and Drive on anything else messages there. 
So that'd be cool. What what do you think about racing twice in a single day? Is that pretty pretty wild to you? I think it's kind of cool. I know if I remember right, they did that last year because mm-hmm. of weather. They ended up yep. changing their schedule, and it it sounded like people really liked it. So I definitely yep. think it's cool. The only issue is is if you have car trouble, you know, you're kind of in that time crunch to get to the next track. <laughs> yeah. But yep, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think this is gonna be really cool. We're gonna follow a couple different racers throughout the weekend or throughout the week and uh and see what you know what their strategy is and how it plays out. Because again, if you break at two o'clock at the first track, you're gonna be in real trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, so do you get your easy number there and then run? All right. Uh next up King of the Open Road. This event is the last drag and drive event of the season total. This is a regional event right here. 200 miles worth of driving guys. I've been to several King of the open road events. If you are anywhere close to the Texas motorplex or want to drive down for an absolute blast, this is an event to do it. This is going to be fun. They're rolling out roll racing, which is going to be kind of cool. So they're going to do that. Friday is a, is the drive. So you can come back Friday night, kind of relax, hang out, parking lot beers and trailer burnouts. Saturday is all day of qualifying for the 14 classes of drag racing and then qualifying and eliminations for the roll racing. So I think they've got a few different roll race classes. To be honest, I didn't even look at those because um, I'm not a huge roll race guy, but uh, you know, congratulations and, and good luck to all the folks that, that roll race. Uh, Sunday is the final round of qualifying and then eliminations for the drag race setup. I'm telling you, this is going to be a good time. If you don't follow Jared Holt on social media, you need to. This event's going to be crazy. You can see uh, oh, what's her name? Four-door Rocket on uh, Instagram, Felicia Smith. She just came off of race week, so I know they've been at home thrashing on that car to get it ready. And then the Viper, I don't remember who it is, but I know it's a stick shift and violent from the from the May event. That car was absolutely crazy. And I know there's going to be a lot of new type stuff that's down there, a lot of new cars that have never competed. Because for some reason, Jared can bring out all of the cool imports that we don't typically see at a normal drag and drop. So it ought to be a lot of fun for folks that are watching uh, down there. And then the last event of the season for us, and then maybe a little bit of a break. Maybe. <laughs> not much, but a little bit. Not, not much is the uh, Dragon Drive Awards presented by Dragon Drive Addiction and Summit Racing. Y'all, 50 days from right now, man. There is so much going on in the background. You have no idea what is working here. It's it's pretty crazy. The Dragon Drive Awards show is Thursday, December 7th at 11 a.m. Yep, we're doing it the first day. I have had several people ask why we're doing it the first day. And to be honest, it's so that racer that wins it can go around and brag the rest of the weekend that they were the first ever Dragon Drive World Champion. Plus, it gives them maybe an opportunity to talk to some sponsors. So the sponsors that are a part of everything down below, if they have a booth, we're going to obviously parade you around and put you on our shoulders and tell everybody what a great job you did and all that kind of stuff. But we're also going to introduce you to a lot of these companies. So that's another reason we did it on Thursday. It'll be easier. There'll be a lot more decision makers that are there. So we're hoping that this can kind of help also step in the right direction for the racer as well. So, you know, we talked about what does Ryan Hargett need to do and any other racer that shows up to street meet. But here's the thing. You're not going to know as a viewer of this who won it. Who is your points leader? We're going to go silent on it after that. We're going to hint at it and things like that, but we're not going to tell you who has won it until the Dragon Drive Awards 
again at 11 a.m. We're going to live stream those. Even if it's just from my phone, uh, walking around in selfie mode, I don't care. But we're not only doing the awards for the Dragon Drive World Champion, but we're also doing, you know, top three of the top 100 racer list. Uh, top racer from the 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 second racer list. The Sweet Patina Roughest Roadside Repair Trophy and a bunch more. Uh, we've been talking to Revved Up Laser Works, Travis Wise, about all of the trophies. And, and I'm telling you right now, there's more than 24 of them that we're going to give out in an hour. So we're going to be cranking these dudes out. So if you're not following us on social media, you need to right now. So we're going to have all those. He's starting to print those next week, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, excited. Man. They look good is the word. Yes. I'm, I'm so ready for that. And then, uh, so that's, that's the event. That's the coverage of events we're going to have for the remainder of 2024. And, uh, let's talk about Brandon <laughs> here who asked who's buying the first round at PRI. Uh, we'll be arriving Wednesday night and I would expect there to be beers had for sure. So yep, yep. I'll, I'll buy Brandon's first round if he'll buy the second. So sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, dude. All right. Um, do you want to drive on the drag challenge stuff or you want me to drive the pictures? Uh, I can do it. All right. Have at it, sir. I'll get you started there. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Lead away, man. All right. So we're going to do some coverage from the drag challenge that just wrapped up um, last week. So these pictures were from the Street Machine Magazine website where we got all the information. So our outlaw aspirated winner, let me get on the right screen here so I can change pictures, uh, was Daniel Case with uh, Holden Tirana, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> so that's this beautiful purple machine right here. Got a couple of photos of that. This is why I want to go to some of these events because the yep. cars are definitely cool out there. Yep. So that's our outlaw aspirated winner. Our next class is the Turbo Smart Outlaw Blown. And that was Mark Whitla in the Ford Capri. Uh, hang on. I think you're, I think you're one too far. Am I? I, I think the Capri is that one there. Okay. Yeah. So this is the, the Turbo Smart Outlaw Blown winner, Mark Whitla in the Ford Capri. Yeah. And then the Haltech Radio Blown is Mark Drew, which is this one in the Holden Tirana again. Uh, he reset the overall record twice in this event. So the first one was a 719 at 197 and then a 707 at 196. That's awesome. So definitely pretty cool. Uh, the next one here is the pacemaker radial aspirated, which was Alan Vila in a Ford Capri. He has won the class at all but one drag challenge and drag challenge weekend events wow so how cool is that that's pretty awesome that's a huge snorkel on that car <laughs> yeah it is uh <laughs> our next I, our, I take it from this of aspirated means naturally aspirated and then blown is obviously some kind of power rider yep yep uh so the next one is tough mounts 235 blown so that was tom wright and a Holden HG Premier. 
in a four-door car, bro. A four-door? Two, two four-doors, at least, that uh, that have won class this year. Yeah. So the the Holdens seem to be pretty popular over there. Yeah, I think that's their Chevrolet stuff. So Yeah. Uh, next is Carnage 235 Aspirated. So that was Louis uh, Jonas in a Holden Tirana. He won by 14 hundreds. Dang. So it was a very close race there and has also ran the fastest time in Drag Challenge 235 Aspo history. Wow, that's cool. So definitely some cool records going on uh, during this event. Uh, the next one was kind of a cool one, the Speed Pro six-cylinder class. Mm-hmm. So this is Emmanuel uh, Debencat in a Ford XW. Nice. So that looks like a pretty unique car there. Right, a lot of four-door stuff. There is, yep. I did notice that as we were going through the pictures, like, for sure. Like a lot of four-door rear-wheel drive stuff. Yeah. Some of that, please. please. <laughs> right. Right, and uh, I was reading through there, and it looked like it was a close race, and I forget the other driver, but somebody else had to turn in a 20-second time slip, I believe, which wow. um, ended up pushing them into the win. Wow. Uh, so the next one is Pro Street Radial 8, uh, 8.5 Radial, uh, and that was Clint Clinton Kelly and a Holden HT, which again looks like a four-door car. Man. That's awesome. I mean, I definitely could could get down with a four-door, rear-wheel drive, drag-and-drive car. Oh, yeah. You and all your buddies climbing in, hanging out. Yep. Um, so next is the Carnage 9.5 radio class. So this one is Dylan Kane. Again, four-door car. Yeah. Uh, this is a Holden GQ. So this was a 950 class. So his passes were 9502, 9502, 9507, and then the last day a 9545. Wow, that's crazy. That's that's a uh, you know street race small block power rider kind of. Yep. <laughs> yep, for sure. Kind of like our 850. Yeah. And then the last one is the Heron Forbes Dial Your Own. So kind of like our Dial Your Own. Um, and this is Alicia Teal. And she won with a split of 0. 0.008 seconds across four days of racing. Yeah, she's pretty consistent. And um, I messaged her earlier asking how many times I've seen her name in there a lot uh, in the historical stuff that I've looked at for Drag Challenge. So I I don't know if maybe this is her second or third time to win that class. I know it's at least her second or third time to compete in that event. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it sounded, when I was reading the article, it sounded like she's a, a regular at the event. So, yep. and again, that's a Holden HQ. Again, looks like another four-door car. So definitely, okay. definitely maybe, cool. Maybe I put that one on my list. Maybe I do Miles of Mayhem and that one. <laughs> I agree. I think it'd be cool. No, yeah, for sure. Definitely want to go for a ride in one of them, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I'll, I'll fly in, so I'll just thumb rods all week. There we go. All right. Well, uh, let's jump in here, and let's talk about can Ryan Hargett and Tammy Hargett win 
at all. Can they be the first ever draft? Oh, I see Ryan in here talking too. So I'm going to give you guys the roadmap to how Ryan wins and becomes the first ever Dragon Drive World Champion presented by Summit Racing. But first, let's recap what all they get. Are you ready for this? Yes, sir. They get $500 Summit Racing gift card. They get a free pair of tires plus two buy one, get one cards from Mickey Thompson Tires. They get custom embroidered world champion jackets for driver and co-pilot. They get a handmade trophy by Cold Hard Art. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you need to right now. It's amazing. They get a one-off world champion decal for the car. So they'll always be immortalized in that. We're actually going to give them a few of those, maybe for the fridge. And uh, if Ryan and Tammy win it, they'll get it for the, the shop. I'm sure they'll put that up. And then they're going to get a Dragon Drive Addiction swag pack, of course. Hats, hoodies, license plate, decals for the car and trailer. We're going to give them, we're going to sticker them up for sure. And then they get free entry into these 2024 events. Southeast Street and Yeet, Rocky Mountain Race Week, Race Week, and Hot Rod Drag Week. So it's four free events that they will be able to, um, I guess, uh, compete again, try and repeat for their world champion. And then also they get guaranteed entry into Sick Week and Sick Summer. And we know both of those events sell out. Obviously, we needed, you know, we appreciate Tom guaranteeing us a spot because we won't know who the world champion is until after the registration, of course, for Sick Week and maybe for Sick Summer uh, by then. So, that's pretty awesome. They get uh, precise tools, precise built tools is sending us a torque wrench and a case to throw in the car for the week. So that's pretty cool. And obviously I'm working on a ton of other stuff too. Just can't talk about it yet. Plus they win the bragging rights of being the first ever Dragon Drive World Champion. I mean, like, like I'm pretty jealous. You're the first. You're the first. That that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we need to get your Mustang going and I'll co-pilot for you. I'll co-pilot and media while you race it. All right. Currently, you can see behind me, Corey Thompson holds the current points lead at 110 points. So let's talk about how Ryan and Tammy can win this championship, right? Ryan here in the comments says he's working on the car right now. So they're going to have their hands full for sure. They've got 72 points currently. So you have to think they have to make up 38 points to get there. They will need to complete the event which obviously everybody always figures they're going to complete the event. But this is the first time that they have attempted three national level drag and drive events in a single year. Okay. That'll net them 26 points if they finish giving them hundred or 98 points. Then they need to win their class to get seven more points. I hadn't heard which class they're racing yet, but the unlimited class has seen high four second finishes is what I'm saying. So I, I, again, I don't know what he's, I know he can't run in limited because in limited street class because he's on methanol. So that puts him out from that. So I'm basing a lot of my stuff on unlimited because they, you know, unlimited is open. So the unlimited cars have finished in the four second high four second range. They'll need to finish with a four-second average because they need to grab those four points. And then they're going to need to reset the Class ET average record, which for Unlimited, like we said, is a 4.924 put down by Sean Lewis last fall. Now, we don't know if Sean's coming back, but I know he has more power and things like that. So that would net them 110 points total. Okay. Obviously, if you're doing the math, that ties them with Corey Thompson. 
But as per the rules, if you are a faster car, the tiebreaker goes to you. And being that they have two low to mid seven second averages at Midwest Drags and Hot Rod Drag Week, they would take the win. Now, Corey has won every class that he's been a part of and reset all the records. So it's going to, if he comes down to the end and someone takes it, he has to know that he has done all he can. He ran his car all out with a high seven-second average at six summer, then went and destroyed the race week hot rod class record, both ET and mile an hour, and did the same thing resetting his own ET and mile an hour record at Rocky Mountain Race Week. So pretty amazing stuff. I mean, I was really hoping it would come down to the last event. I was hoping we'd have an opportunity for racers to do this. Again, this is our first year to do this. We are figuring stuff out as we go. What you know? What what is what racers want to see? So again, as a reminder, you're you're not going to know at the end of Southeast Street Need. You're going to have to find out with everybody else at PRI for the Dragon Drive Racer Awards presented by Summit Racing. So I'm I'm so excited about this. We'll be I'm sure we'll be dropping hints and things like that because I won't be able to keep it to myself for that long. But uh, it's only three weeks after that, so it should be it should be pretty easy to do that. So. I want to wish the Hargets so much luck on on coming. I know they are signed up, and uh, he said he's set up for two different classes, so that would be really cool. You know, maybe that helps with some some strategy around in there. And they're one of the cars we will be following during Southeast Street and uh, to see what they have going on. So I know he can run fours. He ran fours most of the week at Hot Rod Drag Week and Midwest Drags in the eighth. So that'll be pretty cool. And uh, you know. Here's what I find typically happens is racers start doing the math and we're still three weeks from Southeast street. And so there are racers that can maybe put their car back together that haven't done it yet that are doing the math on, uh, on that side as well. So nobody's telling me anything, which is sad, but uh, I'm also not going to nudge them. So Ryan said he's been 468. So you know how it goes. Like it, it really is a, um, and that's him planning to run quarter mile. Like, what's he going to do to run eighth mile? Uh, I don't know who this is. So Facebook user is in the Dragon Drive Addiction or Dragon Drive Addict Facebook group. So if you'll scroll down to the bottom of the description on the uh, live stream there and hit give StreamYard permission to use your name, uh, please come back in and say that you're signed up here. I know there are a few other racers that are thinking about it, but I'm, I told them I wouldn't put their names out there. But I'm excited to see what can happen if you go back a couple weeks you can see um you'll hear names and and what it is so it's all different strategies some people want to keep it keep it quiet and try to you know sneak in there and and some people are putting it out there that they're running for it so it's exciting yeah i'm i'm really ready to see what this does to uh uh oh that's goldstone commenting (laughs) this could get exciting this could get really exciting because now what does that do to Ryan's um what does that do to Ryan's stuff? You know, what's that do to his his thought process? Which class? Oh, uh, this one is, more. It's not that I won't tell you, it's that it's a really difficult decision. a uh, lot on the line. Either way, it's Jason Hurley. Gotcha. Dude, uh, we've had the conversation with him or about him, not with him, about him, uh, and how he can how he can win this and, and take over. So, you know he would almost have to do the same thing that Ryan did to be in the same position. And he actually has faster averages than Ryan. So if Jason showed up, 
and Ryan showed up and Ryan ran the best he could. And Jason still went, you know, does all what I just said. I guess it probably wouldn't, you know, unless Ryan's in a different class, it would come down to who's the faster car. And at that point, Jason's a faster car, man, this yeah. could be really exciting. This See how quickly exciting. that just changed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. Hey, somebody uh, go over there and uh, twist Jason Hurley's arm. <laughs> it would be great to see him one more time uh, throughout the year. Cause I only got to see him twice this year, you know? So, so how much was that ticket you told me from Chicago? Hey, listen, <laughs> Hey, if you guys want to see Eric come down, really needle him about it this week, really put some pressure on him. Tickets are 120 bucks to get him from Chicago to, uh, getting from Chicago to, to Charlotte. And I'll pick him up in Charlotte. We can run for the weekend. So if you want to see him come down, definitely let us know. Uh, and then I see a Facebook user here says, uh, now you're just taunting me. <laughs> so uh, I'm in, listen, we want the best competition we can possibly get. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's get back to it. Uh, Cause we've got, we got folks coming on here in a few minutes from the uh, Redwood rally. So I don't want to be late for them. So next up is, Items I found on Summit Racing, guys, you know, Summit Racing is a huge supporter of not just us, but the entire sport. So typically I'm on Summit Racing almost daily looking through stuff for not only Narcoleptic Customs, uh, my brother's shop, and Dragon Drive Addiction and my own projects. Uh, I'm on there trying to find some stuff for you guys. I thought this was a really good deal on a battery tender. It had the best reviews and the best score with like 4.9 rating, which is amazing. And I like that it's 1.25 amps compared to some of the others, which are like 0.75 or 0.8 amps, because I know a lot of you guys out there wire like you uh, are blind. So what happens is you end up with a draw and this would kind of help compensate for a little bit of that. So the 1.25 is kind of a neat deal. Again, summitracing.com. And then I thought, how much fun is this? These are in stock, ready to go. Throw this in your throw this in your cart when you're on their neck. Surprise your spouse with a fun yard art like display. They've got a bunch of them. They got Snoopy. They've got Frankenstein here. They've got a lot of stuff, but they're like 30% off, 45 bucks. I thought that would be kind of fun to throw out. And you know, Summit, they have the four warehouses across the country. You could have this in a day or two. So you still have it in time for for some Halloween decorations for when the kids are out trick-or-treating. And then, of course, last thing I found on Summit was I need a new hat. Uh, you can see my my sweat circle here. Uh, I'm going to wash this thing tonight and try and get it cleaned back up before uh, before I get down there. I'm just, I hope I don't lose the Clay Millican signature on it. But, guys, hoodies, hats, shirts, they had two different style shirts. I'm wearing the, the Tommy Dupree, Brian Havlick shirt tonight. And that was actually designed and printed by Summit. So, you know, they're huge supporters of us. So if if you have a moment, please jump over to, to summitracing.com and uh, and pick out some stuff. One other item I don't have on here is the TKO hand cleaning wipes. Those make amazing gifts for any person that does anything that's going to get their hands dirty. So it's a waterless wipe made by Sweet Patina. You can pick them up right on Summit Racing. All right. Oh, hey. Actually, <laughs> I made Perfect these lead in. didn't even realize it. So uh, on sweetpatina.com, you can also use code DND57 for a 10% discount. So if you don't want to do it on summitracing.com, you can do sweetpatina.com. And you can see they have all kinds of garage banners. They've got stickers. They The artwork on their stuff is awesome. The The Go Fast Parts Before Paint is certainly one of the uh, one of the best shirts I think they make. 
And then the speed mini here says those wipes are amazing and a staple at home and shop. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. So guys, we can't thank our sponsors enough for coming on and supporting us. Sweet Patina was the first brand to step on board with us last year and allow us to do the built for drag and drive segment in the news. Um, almost every week uh we've we've not done it in about three weeks now and it's time to get back on it i'm excited we'll have to do it next week though because i don't have it ready for this week and i'll be driving all day tomorrow so anyways guys code dnd57 for your sweet patina.com order all right you want me to hit this molly ad now so we can thank another one of our sponsors yeah let's do that all right, thanks to Molly, and we're going to play their ad. Molly Motorsports is the official piston of DragonDrive.com. Molly's Power Pack Piston is the perfect candidate for your drag and drive car. Molly Motorsports competes in drag and drive events and supports our community. Project manager Eric Grillo raced a 10 second stick shift Nova at Hot Rod Drag Week 2022. He's also competed in Rocky Mountain Race Week last year with his C10 truck. Visit mollymotorsports.com for the most recent line of products. Hey, uh, I just realized something. I'm going to have to message. So I have my times backwards. I was thinking 8 p.m. Eastern, but I told them 645 Pacific because they're on the West Coast. Which so that is... means they're not going to jump on till 845. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Our time. So let, yeah. let me message them. If you want to take over the racing junk classifieds, I'm going to send a message to them. I'll be right back. Yep. I'm going to run that right now. So next is we're going to jump into our found on racing junk for the week. So we have, let me get this pulled up here. We have a couple vehicles again this week, like we normally do. And the first one here is a 1986 Buick Regal 6.2 Hemi with a 4L80E. So this car was on Hot Rod Drag Week 2022 in Byron. And I went and snagged a picture of it. You can see there on the track here at Byron. So when I was there last year, I got to check out that car in person. So 30,000, uh, this is in Minnesota, uh, 86 Buick Regal, built in partnership with Motor Trend as Hot Rod Drag Week car, uh, full QA1, level three coil over suspension, including four-way adjustable, QA shocks, control arms, trailing arms. Uh, you can see a bunch of stuff down here. Um, 4L80E, it's uh, 6.4 Hemi heads, Edelbrock supercharger, fast ECU, you know, tons and tons of high quality parts on here, has ran a 1032 at 135, uh, 990 potential based on mile per hour. So definitely a cool car here. Again, I've like I mentioned, I seen this in person at Hot Rod Drag Week last year in Byron. Uh, definitely a nice car. Definitely not what you were expecting when you see it pull up to the track is a G body with a Hemi in it. So really, really cool car. I'll scroll through some of these pictures here. You can see all those QA1 parts on there. Tons of suspension parts. I feel like this would be a fun drag and drive car, but just also a fun cruise car to, to be able to just hop in and go drive around, you know, all yep. that nice suspension work. 
Yeah, that was that car stuck out to me. Even when you know we were talking about it before the show tonight, it was like how how nice this car was and how cool it was to see you know QA one lettering all over it and all the kind of stuff that that goes along with it. And being a Gen three Hemi was pretty neat. Yeah, I bet this would be a fun car to even do some autocross with too. Yeah. So that's our first car for found on racing junk. Our second one is a 1984 Mustang street strip car, which funny thing is, is I had this on my list from a different week, same car <laughs> that you grabbed this week. I've seen this one before. Nice. Yeah. I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, stick shift, you know, just a, just a clean Fox body, early Fox body Mustang four eye. Yep. And it's in Illinois. So you nailed that one again too. Yeah. We're always finding cars that are uh, too close to me. Yeah, right. Th this one's small block Ford, so it doesn't really fit your style. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but it is stick shift, which is right up your alley. I do like that. That would be fun. I I've said before that if I was going to build another car, I'd build a, a stick shift car. But the yeah. 240 stick shift will, will definitely do me for a while. So again, another sweet car. We'll scroll down here. Uh, true 46,000 mile car. Uh, entire description of work done is in the photos. 6,000 miles on the build as well as over 50,000 invested. Paint showroom wow. quality. Interior is super clean. Car is ready for the road or the track. It doesn't need a thing. Tires are almost brand new as well as the battery. Car does not skip a beat. The underneath is as clean as the rest rest of the car absolutely no rust that's awesome so, couple really cool finds this week um couple really nice cars lots of work done to them yeah and, and again cars that you could literally just go take on a dragon drive yeah so there's not build or any you don't have to do a whole bunch of stuff to to get them ready to go this one needs exhaust but that's that's pretty easy yeah <laughs> i say it does i mean for some folks it doesn't i've i've driven next to some cars that i don't know it can't yep. be that loud it can't be the muffler it doesn't have one <laughs> yeah. so yep those are our two vehicles for this week's found on racing junk that's awesome well um obviously i i, I hate that i screwed up the situation with redwood rally because that's twice now i've missed my my timing on that the uh i was an hour ahead i was thinking the 8 p.m eastern and then backed up two hours, but I would really, it was seven Eastern and uh, should have backed up two hours. So anyways, apologize about that to them. Um, we'll, we'll stay here for a minute. I do want to talk about Midwest Drag Race Series because I had those notes on here to uh, to talk about if we if we had the time after they were on here. So uh, one thing I do want to say again, thank you to everybody. Thank you to the race car friends. Thank you to our sponsors, everybody that has been been with us on this y'all this has been a uh this has been a crazy crazy year for sure all right so let's talk about the midwest drag race series i'm going to pull up the artwork from that from earlier so people can see some other stuff on it again this is a, an opportunity that was afforded to me by daniel green you know danny diesel is what everybody kind of knows him as this is this is a neat deal last time i was able to get on the microphone to help announced for the, the national or nostalgia drag racing league and then also during pro mods and stuff with luke so i'm hoping that i, I think luke is going to be there as well so 
that'll be kind of fun to maybe get that opportunity again. I'm not saying I will be, but you can actually watch this on Flow Racing for the live stream. And then they'll have a lot of stuff that'll post to YouTube and Facebook and Instagram during the weekend. But uh, we'll talk about some of the races that are close. Pro Mod again, separated by five points between Keith Haney and Steve Whiteley. This is a, it's a big deal. They've attended every race all year. So it's not like somebody missed a race and they got an easy win, you know, but like Keith Haney's currently in the lead. And if Stephen Whiteley goes one round more than him. So each round win to them is worth like 20 points. So it could be really cool if we come down to the finals and that. And that's what my plan is to do research as I drive tomorrow to see how many times that's happened and all that kind of stuff and provide those notes for, for Luke, the announcer, or myself if I get that chance. So, and then Top Sportsman has a close race for a second. I don't think they can catch the first place racer. Uh, Mike. Mike Chitty is in second with 402 points, and then Doug Woody's right behind him at 391 points. Again, one more round being worth 20 points just completely catapults them in front. So that's, again, a race for second. And then top dragster has a close race for third, separated by uh, Doug Henry and Anita Strasberg, who I think Anita has been to every event, and she's typically one of the fastest racers that's out there. They're separated by 24 points. Again, I like the point series on this 20 points for a round win, but you also get points for qualifying, like where you qualify in the stack of 16 racers and all that kind of stuff. So this has really been a blessing for me because it's going to allow us to look at some things for the 2024 world champion points a little differently as well. Uh, pro junior dragster. Again, like I said earlier, one of my favorite classes, they've got a close race for third, uh, sorry, close race for second, uh, three racer competition in there uh, for second place. So currently holding seconds, Brody Zimmerman, 385 points. Third is Carly Brundridge at 350 points. And then Jonathan McLean at 345 points. So, you know, if Brody Zimmerman makes it further than everybody, he's obviously got second place locked in, but this could really be a race for the podium in third place. So pretty cool. I, again, We've seen junior dragsters come up from the ranks from the, you know, start racing at a young age and then end up in the pro league. So I love watching the junior dragster stuff. They're just so loud. And then um, sportsman junior dragster is a race for one and two, and it's separated by 15 points. So less than a round win separates one and two for the championship between Camden Teal, who's currently first, and then Jovi Brundage. Brundage is uh, 15 points behind the leader there. So that's pretty cool. Pro 420, which is a new class for 2023, uh, is only separated by seven points between Dave Pierce, one of our longtime drag and drive racers, David and Tina Pierce. You guys know them. You've heard that name a bunch. Street Outlaws. They've done so many drag and drive events. And she's currently the second fastest female in drag and drive. For 2023 right behind alex taylor and then so this pro 420 class separated seven points from first and second between david pierce and the dbrd racing team i can't remember who races their pro 420 class but ed thornton races the the pro mod class for dbrd so be pretty cool to watch all of that go down and again this is all new experience for me you know i've never really spent a whole lot of time at any regular drag races i've done all drag and drive since 2020 and so it's pretty cool to go actually like, you know, these folks don't have to pack up a trailer and hook it to their car and drive to the next track, you know, for the next day. So they go back and, you know, there was one racer at the St. Louis event that I went to in September that 
I mean, they ended up changing two motors and we're going to change a third and then called it at the last minute. So, you know, these guys haul around in big toter homes and trailers and are full on professional drag racers. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like I said, it should be a lot of fun. And um, speaking of getting on the mic, I know we got to do a little bit of that during the summit racing Midwest mm -hmm. drags, and that yep. was a lot of fun. So I'm excited for you to be able to jump on and do some more of that. I know. I had fun doing it and I know you enjoyed it as well. Oh yeah. And then this, this stuff here is only, only fueled that even more. So now when I, like I've this last week, I've been watching the drag week playback for the live stream and, you know, trying to pick up clues and other, you know, things that Freiburger and them would say to, to only help our, you know, talk about drag and drive racing and, and all the stuff that that comes from that, trying to pick up extra stuff that maybe I didn't catch in the, in the stats. So yeah, you know, anytime I can learn and we can further ourselves and just get more of, you know, Michael Narks and Eric White out there helps us also then in turn talk about drag and drive and, and all the other classes that are going to be down there. I mean, there's, there's not just this race going on. There's, there's other classes that'll be there as well. So it'll, it's going to be cool. It's a, a full on weekend. Again, I want to thank Daniel Green, Danny Diesel, and uh, the entire Midwest Drag Race Series team for the opportunity to help. You know, a lot of times my day is spent on the switcher moving between live cameras and then uh, making notes and running people get food and set up and tear down and and all that kind of stuff so it starts about 8 a.m in the mornings and runs till about midnight every night so and it, maybe you can kind of nudge them a little bit and do kind of like what nhra has been doing and do some drag and drive exhibitions during some of these events as well Hey, don't you think I hadn't already thought about some of that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty fun. The Nostalgia Drag Racing League, that was pretty cool to be around because some of those cars had license plates on them, you know? And uh, and so that was kind of fun. But yeah, I, I think that may be a good opportunity as a lead-in for 2024 because they just released their 2024 schedule and it doesn't look like it. a lot of the events conflict with, uh, with some of the drag and drive events I have planned. So... Yeah, so that'd be kind of cool to maybe be able to get some cars and make some, again, exhibition passes if people are near those racetracks for sure. Right. And then one more thing, going back to PRI. I know I've shown this before, but we've got these uh, special edition stickers that we're going to have with us. Again, we've got 300 of them, so we will have 100 for each day for thursday friday and saturday to hand out so the first hundred people to come by our booth will be getting one of these stickers and then we've been talking a little bit about it i think we're gonna possibly have a new product there that we're gonna be able to show off i don't mm -hmm. know if we'll have them ready to be sold yet but we will definitely have some um some trial pieces that we'll be able to show off. So I'm excited for that as well. Sorry, I'm, I'm messaging Jesse Adams directly. Let's oh. see if I can, if I can snag them real quick. Yeah. I'm excited that you've been doing a ton of work behind the scenes, helping, you know, expand our merch lineup and, and all that. So, you know, again, right now we're offering all the stuff on summitracing.com with like all the stuff I'm wearing tonight, but we still do have the OG drag and drive hats. And then, of course, the Dragon Drive shirts and stuff you can buy through us. And uh, I'll have some this weekend down there in the car with me. But decals you can only get from us. So if you want a 12 or 24 inch, you can message me or Eric, and then we can get that over to you. Yep. And then also, don't forget the license plates. We got those as well. Yep. 
Yep, I got those. I got a whole stack of those in the in the car. I say a whole stack. I've got several. I don't know how many of those. Are. <laughs> a few. I don't. I don't know how to say that. So they look. They look great on the car, and they look yep. great. I've got one hanging up on the wall here in my office, so they look great in the office, in the trailer, on the car, any one of those places. They're they're definitely a, a cool plate. And look who we got in here. We got Destroyer yeah. thirteen twenty. How you doing, buddy? That's exciting, man. If you guys don't follow him, you need to. He's got. He's going to SEMA, dude. How yeah. cool is that? Right. Okay. So, so back up the first two people I met when I started YouTube was you <laughs> and destroyer and yeah. destroyers at SEMA and we are at PRI this year. So I would say I, we I are mean, all doing pretty well right now. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. The amount of hours we've all put into growth on social media and YouTube and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. He's been, he was a, a pivotal part of the growth of this right here. I mean, he, you know, he helped a lot with narcoleptic and getting to where it was or is. And then, uh, obviously I've taken a lot of that knowledge and moved it over here. So yes, yeah, he's grinding to get ready for SEMA. I, dude, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited for him. That's in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, well, probably 13 days or something like that. I would think we're, you know, start at the end of the month there. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool. Andy's our voice for our Molly ad read. So. Yeah. So even when he's not here, he's here with us. <laughs> That's exactly right. Going to shake exactly. babies and kiss hands. <laughs> yeah. All week. He'll be so tired of talking to, to people. It'll be so good. I'm, I'm really excited for him to, uh, to be able to do that. And, you know, what's funny is that that whole thing started just as a way for him to help Mopar racers. If you guys don't know what he offers is a, a cover plate that would cover your, neutral safety puller i don't know what you would call it. yeah uh, neutral safety release strap. yeah yep and uh so in dodges that's a strap just inside the center console and so his product covers that and prevents it from being as easy to get to you have to essentially pull the entire center console apart now i'm not saying it's can't be stolen as well but this would definitely help take it out of the hands of some uh some folks that just really you know they can't they can't help themselves they can't yeah, help definitely themselves. it's a theft deterrent system is what he yep. what he calls it so yep yeah, and it definitely is and again it's very reasonably reasonably priced so if you are a moparian on here uh you need to you need to hit up to sure 1320 and get you one of those i think they're pretty inexpensive especially compared to you know somebody getting your your baby you know your yeah. okay challenger charger dodge trucks i mean i think they've got it for for a little bit of everything so and i think i think i've got a code uh destroyer can correct me i don't remember if it's i think it's 815 lsx which will get you a discount on the destroyer uh, website as well nice nice well i haven't heard back from um from jesse and them but i, I i'm gonna go ahead and we'll talk about the circuit for a few minutes until maybe we can get an answer back from them i can't we can't spend 45 minutes uh, waiting on them and then kick it back off. I'm, I'm too tired for that and too much to go tomorrow. Um, but tomorrow or yeah, uh, the circuit kicks off April 19th, April 18th, actually in at Mocan Dragway, we're doing a big pre-party. I've got all that set up. We're going to have a, a racer and participant, you know, co-pilot or family or whatever pre-party at a, at a local restaurant there in Southwest Missouri. Uh, yep. Here, Destroyer says use code 815LSX for a discount. So it's pretty awesome, man. Thank you very much. 
for everybody. I thought I'll leave that up there for a few minutes while we're talking about the circuit. But this year is going to be nuts. We're going to have a, a crazy time. We've got two tracks set up, three days of racing. We're the first time we've done that in a long time, uh, especially at this level. We're capping the entries at 150 cars. Last year, we had it at 100 and then expanded to 125 and sold out immediately on the second round. So 125 or 150 cars is our number for this year. Uh, just heard back from Jesse. He said he was going to call Heather and see if they can get on now. So yeah, uh, so pumped. I see Speed Mini saying so pumped for running the circuit. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're doing a pre-party for the racer and co-pilot. Then we are doing Friday morning. We're going to do tech and stuff like that at Mocan. Obviously, this will be our 11th year to host an event at Mocan. Appreciate them for all the support they've given us in Joplin, Asbury, Missouri, actually. So we're going to race there probably 11 to 5-ish, something like that. And then we're going to hit Route 66. We're going to actually loop up like we did last year for the racers that uh, are watching that participated last year. We're going to loop up and hit 400 into Kansas and drop down to Galena, which again is the inspiration for the Radiator Springs in the Cars movie. And there's a spot we went to Cars on the route last year as our checkpoint, but there's actually a shop right down the street. And after the event last year, they they sent me a message and said, hey, is there any way we can get up? Is there any way we can be on, on the route next year? So one, I wanted to go back to Galena. I think that's a really cool city. So we'll loop around, hit Galena, and then we're going to take Route 66 from Galena all the way to Springfield, Missouri, which is by the signs in Springfield. And I got to find out some history here, but it says the birthplace of Route 66. So I know it starts in Chicago, but I don't know if maybe they started building in Springfield or what. But uh, it's going to be kind of cool to, to follow that route that direction because last year we went 66 from Galena southwest into Oklahoma towards Tulsa and things like that. So. So it'll be kind of cool to go the other direction. So that'll mean we will have driven about 300 miles of Route 66 in that part of the country for the circuit drag and drive events. So we're going to, I don't know what we're going to do for, uh, there's not really anything planned currently for Friday night. So we'll probably grab some dinner somewhere. We'll have like, you know, hey, we're all going to go here to eat if you want to. It won't be like the pre-party for Thursday night, but, you know, Bass Pro Shop is there. There's a lot of excuse me, small motels that are in Springfield that follow Route 66. So my plan is to set up with one of them and get like a room rate and things like that. And then, you know, maybe ease over Bass Pro has a really cool aquarium. They have all the stuff in Bass Pro and this is you know the first Bass Pro that there ever was. So it's the biggest, it's just big, big, big facility. So tons of hours can be spent in that. I think when we went to the aquarium, we spent like three and a half or four hours just walking around there. So everybody that wants to make one one pass and be done, you know, you could run over to there and you could make your pass at Mocan, drive the route, hit your checkpoints, and then pop into Bass Pro for a few hours and spend some time. And then uh, everybody will catch up to you and, and eat some dinner and all that kind of stuff. And then Saturday, we're going to race at Ozark Raceway Park. And then we're throwing another racer party on Saturday night. Uh, somewhere I'm not releasing any of that stuff yet, but uh, it's going to be a blast. Some, something competitive and something kind of fun. So anyways, I see Jesse is in the back here. So uh, I appreciate him moving all of his time up because I was an hour off on my uh, on my schedule. So let's bring him on now, sir. How are you? I, hey, again, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping Heather jumps on. I just texted her and said, uh, hey, they had the times messed up. But uh, yeah. if you can jump on now, jump on. But I didn't want to let it sit another week. 
Nice. Well, I, I appreciate that too. What what happened was we always run, you know, 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's what I say all the time, right? And sure. then when I was doing the math, I was coming back from, well, we got about 45 minutes worth of coverage to talk about. Then you guys be on, well, that's 845. Well, you're two hours behind me at Central Time, which would be 545 your time, not 645 your time, like I said. So anyways, uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate that again. If you guys don't know who Jesse is, he is the owner of Reading Drag Strip and the one of the guys behind Redwood Rally. So there's there's been some changes on the Reading Drag Strip front. We won't get too deep into that, but there's been some changes there. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Redwood Rally. Um, Heather, she used to work for Reading Drag Strip as well, and then when she left, we kind of bounced some ideas around, and 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 yeah. I wanted to do a drag and drive event for quite a while. And she's perfect. So I asked her, "Hey, can we help? Can we partner up? We use your marketing side and your your uh, tech savvy side of things, and we use my networking side of things, and let's let's put an event together." That's awesome. Well, if you guys you guys have been on the show before talking about this, uh, when you guys first announced, you came on to discuss it, and you know the the consensus then was you attended a drag and drive event, a big one in Australia, and you're like, I got to do this thing. And then she's like a marketing genius. I don't know if everybody has seen all the coverage that you guys put out from the event. So you got it was just like the you guys pairing up to do this event made made so much sense. Oh, it was perfect. Yep. Yeah, maybe I see I see Nathan Clark just chimed in on the uh uh on the comments there. Nathan's from Australia and nice. uh, he came and did drag challenge with us as well. So the Australian nice. Street Machine Drag Challenge, that was awesome and it, it had me hooked. <laughs> I bet that is for sure. Well, let's jump into some of this stuff because uh we know that that there's a lot of questions that were out there. You guys being the first on the West Coast in a long time, man, that really got me and Eric excited about what the future can hold. And uh, so I want to talk about some of the, the cars and tracks and routes and all that kind of stuff that you guys, uh, you know, had at Redwood Rally. So again, this is the first year competing with it. You guys sold out in, I, I want to say just a few hours, sold out 200 spots. It was awesome to see the support that you guys were getting from everybody. I think there were so many shares on y'all stuff that it just, it really made me excited for what can come for the future for the West coast, you know? So oh, absolutely. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe some memorable cars uh, for you guys from your event? Yeah. Yeah. So what we actually did, we did 150 spots and then we had uh 33 sponsor spots. So we had 183 right. total and we sold that 150 out in less than 20 minutes. And we had a little <laughs> couple of technical glitches with, uh, with payment issues, but we got through that. It was actually kind of cool. I had to make about 160 phone calls to get all the payments sorted out, but I got to meet all of the racers months and months and months before the event. And that's they great. got to see like, that's what I do. I want to make sure racers have a good time and I want to fix issues. And, and, uh, we took care of all that really well. Some of the memorable cars, um, you know, being that it's the first real like large production drag and drive on the West coast, there was people that that didn't know what to expect. And we don't get the drag week style or some of the Rocky mountain race week style, fast, um, street driven pro mod cars. So, right. um, there's a guy named Shane probes to have the quickest car of the event. He went between 452 and 475, I think at all four tracks, all five days. Um, oh, 67 Nova with a single turbo, I believe. That's yeah, I think it was single. Car. No, twin, twin turbo Nova. Um, drove on the street well. He didn't have any problems until 
the very last drive. The shortest drive we have was about two and a half hours and about 45 minutes into it, he started having tearing up some push rods and, and some lifters and rocker arms and nice. fixed it all on the side of I, uh, of I five. Wow. That's cool, man. Yeah. You guys had some of the coolest routes too. We're going to talk about those in a minute. What are, uh, what are some of the other cars that, that were in your mix? There was uh, a group of guys from, Oh man, uh, put me on the spot. It was something like Rusty's garage or Rusty, uh, Rusty's rod shop or something up from Southern Oregon. And, uh, they had three, uh, like turbocharged coupes and a pickup truck and some other stuff. So that was pretty cool to see some vehicles from the twenties and thirties out there on the road. Yeah. And, and one of those guys, um, Chris Ballard ended up winning one of our categories. Um, so those were pretty cool. One of our, our sponsors and a pit stop sponsor was uh, Players Pizza out of Anderson, California. And Harvey there at Players Pizza. Uh-oh, did I lose you? Okay, there yep. we go. Um, was that one of the trucks you were talking about? That is, yeah, I believe that's one of them from Southern Oregon there. Um, and uh, Harvey from Players Pizza has some 1930s pickup with a Cummins or with a, with a, diesel, with a diesel in it. I'm not even sure if it's Cummins, but that was pretty cool. Um, we had a lot of cool cars. A guy, one guy rolled in pulling his pickup truck, pulling his race car on a trailer with a trailer being pulled by the trailer. So he was pulling <laughs> yeah. doubles and he nice. had his class A license. He was legal to pull doubles in California. And I didn't really care anyway, but, uh, uh, it was cool <laughs> yeah. to see the doubles roll in. Um, let's see. Yeah. You scrolling through there, right there. Uh, that, that Falcon was a real popular Falcon. That's, uh, uh, like I said, you put me on the spot. Uh, he, he was one of our sponsors, um, from up North, Matt Kunick is his name. That Falcon was pretty cool. And while he didn't compete real hard, it was just a fun car. And that guy loves doing burnouts. Yes. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> hey, if, if you're not going to be really fast, you got to be really good at burnouts. And if you're going to be fast, you got to be really good at burnouts. So that black coupe right there, kind of on the lower right, that's, um, that's Chris Ballard, the, mm -hmm. the, the coupe just next to that car. Um, I'm not sure who that was. That might've been Donovan Linwood in that Mustang, but Chris Ballard right there, he won the American graffiti dual power adder class, I believe. Nice. Um, and it was pretty fun watching that on the road with a trailer behind it. And they had three or four of them in a row. One thing that really impressed us and was awesome was we had this family, the condos family, um, and their yes, friends, dude, they had a bunch of cars. They had a bunch of cars and they all came all the way from Wyoming. So, wow. um, you know, there was a lot of people, locals had plenty of faith in us, but then there was a lot of people that came from, from multi-states away. And, and the faith that they had in our event was, was really over the top, you know, dive bombers garage. Thanks, Phil dive bombers. That's it. That's cool. I feel bad. They, they even sponsored us and, and, and I'm actually on my way to the airport right now. I pulled into, uh, to park. I'm on my way to, to steel Alabama tonight. And, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so so uh, some no, of these no names mercy. and some of these cars. There's the players' pizza truck right there, the diesel. Um, yeah, so that was a fun one. Players' pizza, their their food is so good, and and while people didn't necessarily have time to eat there during the pit stop, we had a big racer uh, gathering on Monday night on registration day, and it was just over the top. They said this is like as busy as it gets, and uh, we had. Between racers and friends and family, we probably put 250 people through that restaurant that night, which was a blast. That's cool. Hey, uh, Eric, so let's let's take a look at the the trophies there because this is one of the coolest trophies I think I've ever seen on uh, on any event. Yeah, can you zoom in there just a little bit? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, those are really cool. 
Yeah. So Samoa Drag Strip in Eureka, California, that's the track that's right on the ocean. Um, Samoa has a guy that does these trophies out of old growth redwood. He chainsaw uh, cuts them and they call it the Redwood Wally. And their Redwood Wally has a tire on it, just like an NHRA Wally. Well, wow. we wanted something unique. We really thought about doing helmets at first. And then Bailey did the helmets at Sick Week. And I thought, you know what? We got to be more original than that. So I called um, Kathy at Samoa and I said, look, I want to do this idea. I don't want to copy yours exactly. I don't want to take anything away from the Redwood Wally because that's a very exclusive trophy they do every um, once or twice a year. And I said, but I'd like to do something with a Redwood tree. Um, can I get your blessing? Like, I, I want your permission before I ask anybody. And she said, by all means, here's the guy that carves them. So we called him up a few months ahead of time, went through a couple of prototypes and that's what we ended up with right there. How cool, man. That's awesome. I'll see Heather is here in the backstage. So if she wants to give me a thumbs up, let us know she's ready. Perfect. I'm going to bring her on too. And, uh, hi, welcome. And, uh, we're, we're basically running through some, some photos here of, and ask Jesse what his memorable, you know, memorable cars, memorable route stops, all that kind of stuff. So we'll ask the same thing to you. Oh, ask the same thing to me. Um, memorable cars. I'm sure Jesse probably already said, uh, Don Stone, right? Nope. I left that. No. I'm going to leave that one up to you. Oh okay. man. So Don Stone, um, do you remember what, what year and model his car was, Jesse? It's a first gen. It's a 63 year four Nova. Yeah. Um, so we have our private um, racer group on Facebook and this guy was like, you know, a week before his car is not ready. Like the whole, the back half isn't done. He's asking about sheet metal work and how to do it. And oh everybody's gosh. like, what is this guy doing? There's no way he's making it. Um, so he got his car running and then something happened with his motorhome on the way up and he actually couldn't get his motorhome fixed so he parked it jesse helped him out he parked it in sack he had to drive this car that he literally just got together from from sack to reading um jesse stayed late i was already heading to the coast but he got his two runs done in reading and when i saw him in eureka i mean he was getting a round of applause from everybody because we did not think he was gonna make it so definitely the most memorable he did get his own special trophy um nice. just because his story was so amazing and he yeah. he finished the the entire route i think he had like a steering column issue but it wasn't enough of an issue for him not to be able to race wow um, yeah so don stone was definitely <laughs> that's his car right the that's, that's his car right there i think right there yeah yeah, yeah that's his car Oh yeah. <laughs> ten, 10 days before the event, it had no sheet metal in it, no wheel tubs, just frame rails. The rear end was barely finished. And, uh, he threw it together once when he broke down in Elk Grove, I called some racers that I know down that way. One of them said, well, I've, I, one of them owns a trucking company. So he says, bring your motor home to my property. I'll have my mobile mechanic fix it while you're gone for the week. Yes. And sure enough, that's what happened. That's great. That is great. <laughs> What a cool car too. I mean, that's a, I dig the gasser style on that. And yes, but you mentioned a, a class name a few minutes ago. Can you kind of, kind of run through? Cause we saw some like American graffiti and then I would see like American graffiti Magnum. What's, what's the difference meaning there? So basically so, tire size was the, di was the tire difference. Tire size was the difference. We decided, um, 
American Graffiti, you know, the, the movie and everything started was, mm-hmm. was based out of Modesto, Northern California. And I thought, oh, that'd be cool. We'll just come up with the names like that. We'll be a little bit yeah. different and, and keep it Northern California themed. And then uh, I knew I wanted to do a maximum tire size of the 275 or 2810.5. Yep. And I thought, well, what, what do you, what do you do when you need something bigger? What do you call it when it's bigger? And you should have seen the actual, uh, <laughs> the actual graphic I sent to Heather. Uh, <laughs> When we came, when I came up with the idea, well, bigger means Magnum, so let's go that route. And, uh, <laughs> nice. showed, yeah, her, you should have saw the website before it was actually published. I had to do a lot right. of things, thanks to Jesse. <laughs> yep, yep. Car guides are like a bunch of fifteen-year-old boys. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. we do know um, this year we had a bunch of people asking us to do a, a gasser-specific category. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I don't know if we'll get enough of them. It's it's kind of a, a, a pretty um, small group of guys. I yep. think we had at least eight straight axle gasser style cars yes. this year. And, and with, with such a limited car count, it was hard. Like we, we can't right. have 20 classes, you know, we have to narrow yep. it down somehow. So with just not knowing how popular that was going to be, we we couldn't add a gasser class in, but I think Jesse and I talked about it and we're we're going to add that in for next year. Well, those guys that have come awesome. through. I know one of the groups is building two more cars. Yeah. Um, wow. One of the guys that happened to be with one of those uh, 57 Chevy straight axle gasser uh, happened to be in North Carolina last weekend when I was there. I got him into the races and he said that their group is building two more gassers and most of the groups that have them are building another one. So yes. it won't surprise me if we don't have 14, 15 gassers in a gasser only category next year. How cool would that be? Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, well, let's talk about, because I'm working through some of the the data now to figure out like, because, you know, some of your classes ran eighth mile across the week and then some of them had like a mix of eighth and quarter mile. So <laughs> I'm I'm working through some of that and that's okay. That's the way it works in, in drag racing nowadays. Cause we're, you know, track counts and things like that. And uh, we're actually doing that at our circuit event because one of the tracks has a shorter shutdown. So we're nervous to turn like eight fifty cars loose on a track. That's probably a little too short to do that with. So um, uh, what, what classes were only eighth mile and I'll make those notes. And then what classes would be quarter mile and, and, and others? The, the simplest way is this two stick shift categories and the mind over matter index class. Those ones were, were quarter mile. Ooh. Everything else was eighth. Now, yeah. Who's was on got... eighth mile track. And then yeah. also we had to make a last minute decision at Samoa because it was raining that morning when we got there. Um, and just for our time constraints and then also, you know, just some safety stuff and track prep and whatnot, we made that eighth mile for everybody that day as well. Yeah. And that, that makes total sense. Thank you for, for explaining that. I was trying to do the math and I was like, I'm just going to ask them what they're on. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of one of the reasons I, it didn't play into it huge and hugely, but like the stick shift class would have looked a little bit goofy if we would have done the results based on an average. Like it's pretty easy on all of the uh, eighth mile heads up classes. You take the number you see in the results and divide it by eight because we had eight time slips throughout the week. Originally it was, it was designed for 10, but weather and time constraints, um, we dodged rain like you wouldn't believe it was so perfect. (laughs) We just had to cut one of the tracks down to, uh, to one run in a day instead of two. And it it just, you know, you have to adapt and overcome what's thrown at you by mother nature. So, um, on all those yeah, heads well, up classes, welcome to drag and drive. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, so on all those heads up classes, you just divide it by eight and you'll see what that what that racer's average was. But oh, yeah. Yep. Everybody does the average. I thought it'd be cool to do an overall. Um, mm -hmm. In hindsight, I realized it was slightly confusing because people don't, because people know what they're used to looking for. Well, but it didn't change anything as far as results right. go. Yep. And and so, drag challenge does this, that and street week Sweden do it all the same way. So like they're you know because it's much easier if you're going to throw in an eighth mile day or like you guys had, you know, you'd planned for 10 passes, you end up with eight or nine. You can, it just makes sense to do the average because then you're not having to figure out some kind of manipulation to get from eighth to quarter mile because there's a eighth mile day in there and all that. So, I mean, it, it makes complete sense on like from a promoter standpoint, from my side, it makes just a little bit more work, but it'll be easy enough to, to figure out from there, especially with uh, how you guys explained it there. So, well, so and, and nothing against um, the way Scott Taylor does it in Australia. However, when I was there, I'm a bracket racer at heart. So when we, when we did, uh, when I saw the way they did their dial your own class in Australia, they used a, like a 1.53 factor or whatever it is for the eighth mile. And the factor was off. It wasn't, a good factor um yeah. so it made it really hard on guys they they ran whatever they ran on day one and then they had to hit with the factor they were like two and a half tenths off and people were just yeah. in left field out of left field so when i set it up this way for reading we actually made reading's eighth mile et be the eighth mile et or the eighth mile index when they got to coos bay and then we ended up using it in samoa as well so yeah. the way our results worked out um on the result sheet for uh the mind over matter class it was really to me it was really cool you saw first place was the guy was the racer with the least amount of uh overall time over their indexes for the week and it really worked out well um a lot of the guys they didn't it's not that they didn't understand it they just weren't ready for the difference of of weather and altitude and et uh changes <laughs> yeah. from track to track and i tried telling everybody during registration and and check-in and tech day Make sure you sandbag day one. Don't go as fast as you can, and then you can't catch up to yourself later. Yeah. Yep. And uh, some of them got it, and some of them didn't. And I was real happy to see the two junior street kids that also, their times also competed in Mind Over Matter. I was, I was really happy yep. to see them up towards the top of the field. Yep. Sean Alsop, I think, uh, is is the son, or Austin is the Austin. son? Austin is the son. Yeah. Yeah, yep. man. That, that kid is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dylan Ellsworth. Um, those are yep. all, they're all, uh, Dylan's a very good bracket racer and junior dragsters. And nice. to see, they knew what they were dealing with when it came to sandbagging a little bit on day one. <laughs> and it, they played right into their hand. That's so cool. Well, guys, let's talk about, you know, the, none of the racers that are probably watching this right now have ever been to the West Coast to drive on a drag and drive event. So, what kind of like what was your favorite route stop of the week and then what was your favorite drive of the event we'll agree on this so heather can yeah. just everyone's favorite drive was definitely samoa to coos bay i mean that was all coastal all coastline um gorgeous views the way that we kind of planned um for drive times it was right at sunset so everybody got to see sunset like on the beach um is and as far as pit stops we did pit stops a little bit differently. So we had, uh, our focus was really uh, celebrating the smaller communities. Um, mm -hmm. All those tracks are in like little small towns, you know? Um, and so we had local businesses be the pit stops. 
and I think yeah, everybody awesome. can agree that probably Players Pizza was was a huge hit. Um, we had people going there multiple nights uh, when they were in Reading, um, getting pizza, beer. Awesome. And, um, yeah, and they just supported us so much. But um, all the drives were gorgeous. I don't know if yeah. you've seen much of the footage we've had. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've had some really great videos come out showing just how beautiful this drive is. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've definitely have, am putting this on the schedule for 2024 because oh, yeah. if you guys are going to have one, we haven't yeah. had it. But, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, let's talk about like roadside repairs. Was there anybody that tore stuff up on the side <laughs> of the road that uh, uh, you got some fun stories for that? Oh, yeah. I, you want to talk about Max Nichols and his, uh, what's he called, the Dragnum? The Dragnum. So Max oh my had gosh. an alternator problem and a transmission problem. And he went, he drove, he limped it over to Player's Pizza. And the uh, portable car hoist guy was there. Portable car hoist was there. Yep. And so in the Player's Pizza parking lot, there's also an auto zone there. Um, they jacked it up in the air and changed transmission in the parking lot. And then he looked everywhere for an alternator. I made calls to Summit. I made calls to uh, LKQ and, and some other people. Nobody had the aftermarket alternator that he had. So he called a guy in Southern Utah and he yep. had one in his shop and had that guy drive nonstop so overnight. 11, from Utah hours. To 11 hours they drove to deliver this alternator and How he cool. still made it. So he obviously, he didn't leave till the following morning. All of us were already right. on the coast. Everyone's like, oh, where's Max? Where's Max? He made it to Samoa and ended up getting his passes in. Wow, um, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah. He, he actually didn't finish the event, though. What happened towards the end of the event, Jesse? So he was pulling. He he got his runs in in Medford um, on the second to last day and pulling out of the track. It broke the rear end. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he either limped it back into the track property or he took it to the track operator's shop. I don't know exactly where it went, but he dropped it off somewhere in Medford, hitched a ride. Oh, no, no. Ubered from Medford to Reading. <laughs> That's a two and a half hour drive. I said, uh -huh. I don't even want to know what that Uber bill was. And he, he said, I don't even want to tell you what it was. Yeah. He came to Reading, hung out for the last day of the event, um, ended up at the hotel that night as well. And the next morning he had somebody taking him up with a trailer to pick his car up so he can get it back to, to, um, to Utah. He said next year it'll have a nine inch in it and it'll be ready. So yeah. Yeah, that's probably the, the wildest roadside repairs. Um, Shane, like I said, started having some valve train issues on the very final drive. He got all those fixed. Um, what else did we see? We saw at one of the traffic stops, um, there's a lot of road construction on one of our drives. And I saw the 57 Chevy gasser. I drove by and, and honked the horn at him, and they gave me thumbs up as they're banging on something underneath it with a hammer. <laughs> and uh, nice. We had a couple of them. Uh, we had, we lost a couple cars. Uh, Olivia and Drew Wallace, they lost a. They literally found they found the sketchiest turnout oh, on the entire route to, for this was, to happen. He messaged me and told me where he was, and I happened to be 18 minutes away with with the support trailer, with my fuel and and our our mm -hmm. Starlink and our tables and chairs and everything in it. So I pull in there and park, and Drew's like. Hey, uh, go lock your trailer because this place is bad. And sure enough, there is, I don't even want to say where it was. It's not fair to the community, but there yeah. was tweakers and crackheads running around. And this is a little tiny podunk town in the mountains. You would wow. not. And so we ended up having another guy that dropped out 
with an empty trailer. I knew his trailer was empty. I called him. He was 30 minutes away. He nice. came back, picked up their car, got them to Reading. Like there wasn't a single person that if they didn't, if they had a problem, all they had to do was raise their hand and somebody jumped in to help. That's great. That is so that's great. Awesome. And that's what's so awesome about the drag and drive community too. Like that, that happens at all of them, but like for, you know, a lot of that stuff, there's been multiple of those events through a certain area, but like for you guys are what, so like, I can only imagine what it's like to see 30 hot rods pull into a gas station and yeah. just take it over. I bet you guys, you changed people's lives out there. So in the town of Brookings, Oregon, that's where Nexus diesel, um, Tony from Nexus diesel, one of our pit stops, uh, in a pit stop sponsor, there was people in his town who found out what all these hot rods were doing cruising by they found our name uh they sent us private messages and posts on the redwood rally page saying this was so cool you brought the car show to me two guys said they yeah. sat on the on the front yard with a six-pack and just watched cars all day and then an older actually lady, the one at the shop though I thought this is one of Tony's employees. He's got literally right in front of the shop doors. He's got his lawn chair out. He's got his little cooler of beers. Everyone was like, oh, cool. He's just watching the shop for Tony. I guess Tony pulls up and is like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just watching cars. Tony had no idea who this guy was. He just said we had a shop. We had a 60, like a, a woman in her probably her early 60s say, uh, I saw these hot rods. I asked around on what it was. I sat on my porch and watched a car show drive by me all day. Well, your guys' event is so cool. And and yeah. for awesome. random people to say that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty to to go through the work to to find out what's going on, you know, either ask people or just jump on Facebook and try and figure out what all is is happening is pretty neat. Well, let's talk about uh like from the promoter side, what are a couple things that you guys learned? Um <laughs> so so Okay. The biggest thing is, and, and I, I'm wide open with everybody. So you have a problem. Don't go talk about it in your little circle and your little click. If you have an issue or you want to suggest something, come straight to me and do it. I've dealt with bracket racers for years and they'll talk about everything they dislike amongst themselves. And the next thing you know, you're getting, you're getting shit on and you, you, you didn't even know that there was a problem to fix. So I stayed very open with everybody and I asked them all to, Hey, if you have a suggestion, bring it to me. So the first thing that I know we messed up on was on check-in day, when guys came in with, with camp trailers, whether they were vagabonds and they rolled with everybody, or they came with their race trailers and they unloaded their cars, they were pitting by their trailer on day one. And I think most people were, were not going in and getting tools and stuff out of their trailer, right. but it was very hard to police on our end. So yeah. day two, we go to Samoa, and there was a lot of people that brought enclosed trailers in case their car broke down and they were vagabonds and they were all legit as far as who was there and who was with their group, but they parked them in the area with all the cars. So you started okay. looking across the parking lot and it felt like you were not at a dragon drive, but at a standard race. Yeah. And somebody brought it to my attention and I went and talked to people and we, we didn't push it to police it extremely hard this year. Yep but it's on our radar next time. Yeah. Um, the check-in trailer parking area will be here and race cars will be right. here and yeah. vagabonds the same way. So that's like yeah. the number one thing that we really learned there. Um, and kind of going back to what Jesse said about um, encouraging people to come straight to us. You know, we, we waited a few days, but the week after the event, we did a Facebook live or we did a live at our racer group. Um, 
And we literally asked him like, Hey, what worked and what didn't work? Like we That's need constructive idea. criticism because we want to get better. And it's and I, ultimately, this is for you guys. So how, how can we make this a better experience? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if all the dragon drives typically have host hotels in each city, but we had host hotels at each city and, and we booked out like 85 rooms at every one of those hotels. So the majority of our racers were at those hotels or at the track. Well, Heather and I, every night, We'd get to the to the host hotel where we were staying as well. And yeah, we were beat and we were tired, but we still went to the bar and went to the restaurant and sat and talked yep. to racers for hours. And yep. that's where we really said, tell us what you think. What should we do here? What should we do there? The number two thing that we picked up on, and by day three, we fixed it, was I thought it was a better idea to run cars down the track with Mind Over Matter because you're getting a bunch of cars down the track and getting heat in the track and getting, yeah. and getting the, the, the prep kind of tuned up for the day. Well, it was brought to my attention and guys were totally right. You got guys that take two, three hours to switch your cars over from street driving to race mode. Yeah. Well, they didn't run until later in the day. So they did their switch over, their change over in the morning. Um, then they sat around and waited for the mind over matter class to be done. Then we got through two rotations of cars. It was later in the day before they could do their change over back to street mode. So and guys the were saying, matter cars were already on the road because yeah, and those a lot of those tired, guys, they just got to pack up and go. Yeah, so the drive-in street cars, all they had to do was was pack their chairs and and maybe swap tires and go. So once once we got that um, and we understood where we kind of missed the bar on that one, by day four we ran the heads up categories first, and by running the head heads up uh, categories first. Those guys got to be changed over in the morning, get their runs in, change over while everybody finished up and get on the road sooner. And it, it was much smoother. And like you say, it, like it's what we learned. Yeah. Well, one thing, too, that that reminds me, did you allow street like hard tires stuff in there or was it like all radials and slicks? No, we had street tires. Uh, obviously, it depended on what class you were in. But yeah, yeah mine never matter. They all have street tires. Yeah. And that's. As long as your prep guys like Cole and Redding, he's real good at as soon as the track starts seeing some issues, um, he'll scrape and and spray and drag and and reprep in 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 eight minutes. Um, that works well. Now, what threw me a huge curveball, I just didn't know. Heather and I went to Coos Bay. We went to all the tracks. We drove the route prior, uh, months yep. prior to the event. I didn't even know Coos Bay doesn't have a tr uh, a track drag. They don't have a drag tractor whatsoever. Yeah. So they go out there and they scrape um, once every couple months and then they spray glue in the morning and they race through the day and their burnout box is in a weird location. That's like 150 feet past the stage beams. And um, once we got started that day, it was raining, there was mud everywhere and it just oh, yeah. wasn't, they didn't have a broom. And like I asked Drake, I said, how do you, how do you do this without the equipment? And he says, I'm just a little small time track. And I said, yeah. well, everybody's in the same boat. Every yeah. racer there yeah, I mean, was dealing with the exact same thing. So I kind of had to take charge a little bit. I moved the burnout box to like 15 feet behind the starting line. Had to be careful because guys that weren't paying attention would just back right through the water again and have to do a second burnout. They all got <laughs> with the program, but, uh, and the track came around because once guys could do burnouts past, you know, over the starting line where the glue actually is, Coos Bay got pretty darn fast. I mean, Shane went nice. 472 or something, and it's a short shutdown that goes straight uphill. Um, yeah, Coos Bay and, had to be probably the most interesting track on the route. And 
it was potentially the most chaotic as well because we had the weather nice. we had the yep. lack of track equipment um yeah. lack of asphalt so you have these you know high dollar cars i mean we tried getting them to switch over in the lanes um but they're pitted in this gravel and dirt and mud like it had yeah. rained hard yep. like three days all before that so nice. um, and then we had no idea that we had to deal with the tide so there's yeah. like some water pond situation going on and i guess when the tide comes in like that fills up and so their announcers like hey if you're x y and z car like the tide's coming in and we're like we had no idea that we would have to deal with that because it's, it's a little more inland you know it's not right on on the beach but wow it's it's right near the bay but the tide the tide plays into it and and a yeah. lot of that dust and mud that we were talking about was white well it's salty that yeah. tide is brackish wow. water and uh it was it, honestly like as much as it felt like a um an uphill battle at coos bay it was a blast and i think it people was a blast. actually so many people love that track. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say is like, you know, everybody that day may have been like grumpy, let's say, but then two days later, they're like, man, that was actually pretty enjoyable. It was kind of fun to, to go through cool. a, a whole nother list of stuff you've never encountered before. Yeah. It's yeah. a, and honestly, like if you go to nothing but pristine tracks to do a dragon drive, you can look at each category and pick out of three cars you can pick who's probably the favorite to win yeah. all you have to do is that car that you pick as a favorite to win has to make the entire trip yeah but with samoa being cold and wet in the morning and 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 overcoming the weather and then coos bay being the way it was and then we go to medford medford we fought the weather we were 10 to 15 minutes away from saying sorry guys we can't race today wow and justin said you know i'm gonna try a little bit more and he put another 15 minutes effort into it and then the sun came out and it and it it got good and it was fast people there were some pbs set at medford That's so awesome. it it That's was awesome. great but um coos bay samoa huge equalizers of the field yeah um it became a tuner game not just a horsepower game well and and again that's that's what i enjoy the most about dragon drivers because like Everybody is still on the same page. Everybody has to race those same tracks all week, you know. So yeah. we 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 talk a lot about who's fastest, who got the most points, who did this, who won the classes, things like that. But really, when we start when we started gathering all of these events and making them all kind of one point series or one one conversation, you know, it really comes down to still those racers still have completely different experiences across the country in these yeah. these classes and events so it's pretty cool yeah yep well uh i guess you know the the main question you probably already answered but will there be a redwood rally 2024 there will be a redwood rally 2024 for sure yeah nice awesome. we are we are fully committed to going to pri this year um yes. obviously we don't have products to sell our our idea yeah. for pri is um uh notoriety and trying yep. to sign sponsors, yep. trying to, uh, to, to kind of ride the wave of, of popularity and notoriety we have yep. right now and sign sponsors for next year. Cause our, all of our, almost all of our sponsors this year were, um, competitors and local companies that were really trying to pitch in. We don't want to make the event a corporate style event, but we would like some corporate sponsorship to help, um, just kind of increase yep. some things that we want to do nicer. Yeah. Well, and and at the same time, like the reach you guys have 
have gathered and garnered from that event can help a, a national level sponsor as well. You know, not yeah. necessarily like it's got to be some corporate, you know, no name company that's writing a big check. It's like, you know, it's the same thing with us with Summit. They're a huge worldwide brand, but us talking about them and them being a part of our stuff helps them as well. So that's that's always a plus. Well, let's uh, let's let's maybe wrap up with what uh, what are some tips you guys can give promoters that are wanting to maybe host an event in 2024. Uh, well, if you're a promoter and you know racing inside and out, and it's something that you feel like you do the best. Find a partner that is good at the back, the back side of things, because that's what I did. Heather is so good on the back end, and I know I can make the race work at the racetrack. You just have to make sure that that, that partnership. If you if you're gonna, I don't think people can go at it alone. You just have to make no, sure it's that a the lot partnership meshes really well. It's more work than I think we necessarily thought in the beginning, um, and and it's not. I'm not saying that as like a bad thing. There's just, there's so many little pieces that go into mm -hmm. it. Um, it's very easy to say, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk to these tracks. We're going to do track rentals and we're putting on this event. Well, no, you have to have software. You have to be organized. You have to market it. You, you know, there's just, there's so much that goes into it and you have to stay on top of all of it. So for yeah. one person to do it, there's, there's just no way. So yeah, like Jesse said, make sure you have a good team, whether it's just you and another person or, you're the owner and you have like three or four core employees. There's, there's just a lot to be done and make sure that you can, you know, divvy up some of the work and make sure it all actually gets done. I think, yeah. I think one of the biggest compliments that we got from everybody collectively was we answer phone calls, texts, and messages. There is hardly ever a message that slips by us. We talk nice. to everybody and that's yeah. important because a lot of them, there's guys we had we had a handful of guys that have done multiple dragon drives across the country and um i i haven't done them so i don't know how the communication is but some of them are basically saying well once i paid my money then i couldn't get any questions answered and there wasn't a whole lot of um um there's yep. this word i'm looking for here oh i can't think of the word but the, we're just open we answer everybody's message i answer everybody's calls texts and that that was huge. Like I noticed right away, people really, really appreciated that. Well, and we would also kind of keep track. Like if we got the same question a couple of times and it's like, okay, we need to address this in our racer group um, just to make yep. sure there, you know, there's probably other people taking the same thing and that just haven't come forward yet. So yep. we did, we probably didn't do as many lives as, as we were hoping. Um, but we'll definitely get on a better schedule of doing them next year. Uh, but yeah, we would literally write it down. We had a list. We'd nice. go live, we'd explain it, and then, you know, we'd open it up for even more questions. So yeah. communication, um, keeping the racers involved um, throughout the entire process. Like, we were very open about what was going on, where we were at, where we were at things that we were thinking about implementing, um, and everybody giving us feedback. Uh, it, it was just, it was an awesome experience. Those, well, those repetitive questions, we even had yeah. copy and paste answers, so where our answers were always... The same. the same consistency yeah. yep. matters when you answer questions. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and one thing like for promoters on that side is you've almost got like, you look at this, like it's, it, there's, there's five events in a five day dragon drive. Yeah. It's not one week long event. It's like, we're going to race here for one day. And then we're putting on a whole other race over here at yeah. a completely different track that uh, we may have never met those people in person. Yeah. So. 
So yeah, and then you have to like tear down everything, yep. reset yep. back up. So we had we had some basically traveling uh, employees, if you will, um, a yep. couple really good friends, and we we knew we could rely on them. We knew we could just be like, okay, hey, we're getting to the track at this time. They knew what to do. Uh, my best friend Leah, she was kind of helping me at registration in the morning, so she knew all the totes. She was setting them all out, and I was answering That's questions. Awesome. Jesse was getting the track ready. Like you just really need that core support. Yep. And yeah. and yeah. once we got through the first day, like the flow was good. So Leah yeah. and and Heather did some data entry. And then once Jessica, uh, Jessica, she's a junior dragster mom out here from by me. She uh, did the work. She worked the front gate. And once it got time for Heather and Leah to get on the road so they could get ahead of racers and get rolling pictures and yeah. get pit stop photos. Try then, real hard to get some media in between all of them yeah. yeah so then then jessica stepped into the data entry side of things and then when the racing wound down and the racing finished then i went over and helped jessica with that and it just worked like boom 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 every day and then i was the last one out of there every day and um it it went smooth it went really well That's so cool. you know if you're going to try to do one of these build a really solid team i think my biggest fear of it is i know that heather and i put our all into it um yeah. yeah, I've already heard a couple rumors that there's some other other people that think, well, that one went so easy, we can do one too. I don't want the market flooded. I don't want to try to have a monopoly uh, either. But I know our event was good. Like I'm confident yeah. that our event was really good. I yep. don't. I just hope we don't get a couple copycats that kind of try to flood the market or do something like that. And then and then don't put on as good of an experience for the racers because I'm my yep. biggest concern is making sure the racers get what they want out of it. Yeah. Well, and Eric and I have had that conversation many times on this show about that, you know, about what we're seeing uh, across the, the world now, you know, now we're, we're up to 33 Dragon Drive events across the country or across the world, considering in 2019, there were four, you know, yeah. it's pretty wild to think that, you know, we're, we're eight times as many events now, and we're going to have that, you know, and I think that's where, like, you guys have done an amazing job with social media stuff that side of stuff has been great and then everybody that we've talked to you and david sidden was down there at, at yeah. him and i are friendly on facebook and he said he had a great time you know so like just seeing people that are just regular racers that are out there that are having a good time well guys uh we're, we're gonna try and get out of here in the next about 11 minutes so i want to say thank you so much for coming on thank you for one putting up with me last week and again this week uh, for messing up my time stuff. I can't believe I did that two times in a row that typically never happens. So uh, I'm excited to see what Redwood Rally 2024 brings, but why don't you tell everybody where they can follow along and, uh, and see all that stuff. Um, so we, we've taken a little bit of a break. We need to take a few days off, but we will get back to posting on all social media platforms. And I'm actually going to be updating the website, um, either end of this week, or I guess we kind of are into this week, uh, probably beginning of next week. Um, and just as we get more information about next year, we will make sure that it is on all of the platforms that we have. Cool. I've got two more weeks of NPK and then I've got two and a half weeks off. So yeah. when Texas is over, then I will kind of step in and help Heather out a little bit more. I've been on the road every week since the Redwood rally. So, um, nice. yeah, once, once that's over with, I'll step in and help her out some more. Are you going to PRI? Both of you guys going to be a PRI? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we, we have a oh, booth. Awesome. Yeah. We have a booth and the dragon drive awards on Thursday. So you guys will have to come to that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Be so great to meet you guys in person. Well, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm ready. 
Well, I have my buddy Luke Kessel from from Australia. His car is on the water right now. His new Toronto will be in our booth. Yes. Oh, cool. How cool. And it'll That's be in the Redwood Rally, hopefully next year. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. We're going to we're gonna put you guys backstage. You're more than welcome to mm-hmm. hang out if you want to back there and watch the show, but I know you guys are busy. He's probably headed into to the airport. Now to- I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back on the road, head to the airport. Um, thank you for having us on. Anytime you want to have us on, just uh, give yeah. us a heads up. And if we get the time right, we'll be on right on time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thank yep. you, Safe travels. See you. Right. Bye. What what a fun uh, group of folks there! I mean, that's yeah. it really like they got it figured out for their first event. Yeah, I mean, like, and he's he's done them. You know, he, he said he attended you know drag challenge in Australia before, but like he had not raced in one. But at the same time, he has a lot of race experience. I think that that equals a lot of ability for these type things. You know, and for promoters, you know, when I started, dude, I didn't know anything about this stuff at all. Yeah, I didn't know anything about any of the uh, any of the ability to host this stuff. And like the first year I did it, I didn't even go to I don't even think I drove the day during the wrap. So, I mean, like it's it's things like that. And, you know, obviously, once I did it, it was way different than uh, than here. So, yeah, they had some some great advice too. yeah, you know, um, building a good team communication. Those are all great things that every promoter. Speaking of that, building a good team, um, I, I've got this thing kind of put together. I need to send you about uh, maybe you handling all the the uh, social media during the circuit, so I can I can pull back from some of that as well. Like you should be in charge of that. So we'll talk about that later. The folks on here don't need to don't need to worry about that. Guys, I want to say thank you for everybody that has watched tonight. You know, we've had a huge show tonight. It's been awesome just to hang out with Jesse and Heather. I really appreciate them uh, again changing up their entire timetable to to fit what I screwed up again for two weeks in a row, which is abnormal for me. Um, so I appreciate them coming on and giving us a little bit kind of behind the scenes stuff, you know, talking about what they, what they did right and what they did wrong. You know, that's, that's always a good learning experience because I'm telling you, we're going to see more events in 2024. We're going to, there's going to be more that are out there. Uh, everybody, you know, has kind of the same feeling. They don't want events to cross over each other. But at the same time, we'll have four Dragon Drum events in the Southeast, just in North Carolina and South Carolina. And a lot of those hit in the same tracks. And those events are still doing well. So yeah. if you're a good promoter and you can put on stuff, it, it's it's going to happen. Tracks are going to be doubled up and things like that. But at the same time, like we're going to end up with, I don't know. I mean, if we have 40 events next year across the world, that's, that's going to be pretty wild. Looking now, I think 40 may be a low number, you know. Yeah, I mean, the the good promoters are going to keep going, and the yep. you know the unsuccessful ones they'll drop off. But um, yep. it's it'll it'll be interesting to see. I I I thought thirty three was going to be hard to top, so we'll be we'll yep. be looking to see what next year looks like. Yep. One one thing I want to do is I'm going to start kind of seeing if I can find a uh, maybe someone that can build a system that will. Because when you look at the map of how many events are in just in the U.S., that's typically what we cover the U.S., you know, um, they look jumbled up. But really, when you think about it, if you have an event in Florida in February, but then you have eight months later, you have Hot Rod Drag Week in North and South Carolina, you're you're a pretty good ways away from there. But on the map, it doesn't look that far. Yeah. 
so at the same time you kind of need you know people need to understand these happen like this all across the country they're up north south west, you know so there's still a lot of room for growth within the community uh, I would like to see more regional events and more attendance at regional events. I think that is our gateway drug to bring in a lot more people into the drag and drive community. I think these weekend events are, are the key. I've said that all year. And then we've yeah. had, you know, uh, less than seller turnout for the, for the regional events and the week long stuff still keeps, still keeps cranking and selling out. So, well, and just like they said, you know, when, when, when you're going to put on an event, you, you have to promote it. You have to be talking yeah. about it all the time posting yep. about it you know that's the only way that people are going to find out about it yeah well and you know how it goes man you and i live this social media life you know it, <laughs> it's it's funny to look at the almost you know ninety thousand followers we have and see the percentage of our followers that actually see our posts on a consistent basis you know we have several posts with more than 250 300 views on it or whatever and you can look at that and it'll be eight percent of your yeah, your followers actually saw it compared to 90% new people that mm -hmm. had never seen your stuff before are, are looking at it. So it's pretty cool or uh, followers or non-followers or whatever. So it's pretty interesting to, to see how that all breaks down. Well, guys, again, uh, I am headed to Ferris, Texas for the finals of the Summit Racing Midwest Drag Race Series for pro mods and real, real drag race cars, you know, uh, cars that are dedicated to drag racing, I guess. And uh, Eric, what do you got going on this weekend, dude? We didn't talk about any of that. You know, I've been so busy the last week that I am looking forward to having a relaxing weekend. So nice. I, we talked before the show, I had to put in a water heater on Monday. I had an all day event um, today with, um, uh, one of our public schools and kind of uh, giving information to freshmen to kind of help their decision on their career path. So that took a lot of, out of me today. I've got stuff going on tomorrow. So, you know, if I don't have anything to do this weekend, I got stuff floating around in, in here. If I don't have <laughs> anything to do this weekend, I will be just fine. But um, nice. I am going to ask if you're going to take photos because I would Boy, yeah. love to edit some more photos and i i think yep. those are doing great on facebook so i hope everybody yep. is enjoying the albums we're putting out i know this isn't going to be a dragon drive but uh if yep. you take pictures i'll definitely edit those up and post those this weekend well i appreciate that a bunch for sure we uh we'll definitely do that and uh you know anytime we can help spread the word of other drag racing we're gonna we're gonna do that as well it's not what we're what we're built on but uh there's a lot of folks in here that have two or three cars at home that have big boy race cars that'll be down there this weekend. And so we know how that works. You know, those guys want to almost take like a car guy vacation, you know, they can end up at a, at a drag and drive event. So cool. All right, guys, thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you. We're going to do the news on Saturday. Uh, it depends on if you're at a spot where we can do it. Yeah. Let, let me get down there uh, tomorrow night and see what we see what kind of the schedule is for the weekend. I know what the public schedule is. It starts at 10, but I don't know if that means like we need to be there at eight. If we are at eight, guys, we'll probably skip the news again this week and be back to it after that. Yeah. Um, we'll have a, a short, real short show, maybe a little earlier in the day. So, all right, guys, thank you so much again. We appreciate it. And if you haven't done it yet, why are you not following us? Like we post all the time everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and uh, I'm sure there's some other, uh, Eric posts on LinkedIn all the time too. So I right, do. we'll see you. See you guys. Sweet. That was a good